computer. There we go. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Business Mindset Mastery. Uh, my name is Heather Gray. I'm a mindset and performance coach over at choosetohaveitall.com. And I'm with one of my listeners and colleagues today, Caroline. And she is diving deep with me into one of her questions that she's bringing onto the show. We've never done this, so we're just going to go with the flow and see what happens next. But Caroline had some questions for me on starting her business. And when I was answering them, I thought, wow, this would make a really good podcast episode. So having never done a deep dive live interview type style um, coaching session on a call, we're just going to dig in and get started and you guys get to see what's happening next. So Caroline, welcome. Thanks so much for coming on and doing this with me. Thank you so much for doing this with me. <laughs> you, you got this. So Caroline, jump in. Tell us a little bit about yourself and how I might be able to help. Okay. So um, I'm over 50, uh, just turned. So um, I have a full-time job that I've been working for about eight years in, working really hard. So I finally, this year, reached that kind of that pinnacle that you've been working towards, that, that kind of six-figure income, finally getting paid what you feel you're worth for the job you're doing. And I'm starting to get some real recognition, and um, that was making me feel pretty good. I had been working pretty hard for the last couple of years towards that. During that same time period, though, because I'm... Um, up in age. As soon as we started doing layoffs at work, I started a kind of a second side business, right? I, I didn't want to be laid off um, up in age and lose everything, right? I wanted something that I could fall back on. So for a while there, up until about a year ago, I was killing it. I was making, um, a, you know, a couple thousand dollars a month on my side gig. People at work who know me on Facebook were noticing. They were very impressed with me. You know, wow, how can you do this? Just getting a lot of accolades, feeling really good about it. My husband was very supportive. And then right about the time that I got um, told that I would be given this promotion and the subsequent money that went with it, it was like my whole psyche just stopped. It was um, like I suddenly couldn't blog anymore. Um, I was, I've been posting regularly on my Facebook page, but nothing off, really authentic or me. Um, I just haven't been working the business. I stopped working my MLM as hard. I stopped working my Facebook page. I stopped uh, the concept of the community or anything I wanted to do. The ideas are all up there and they're crazy. They want to go crazy, but um, all of my actions stopped. And then I, it was really... So, so I got the promotion and then about a month, not even a month ago, first part of this month, um, they announced massive layoffs at my job and my team was one of the only ones saved. And, um, I was actually given more people to help me. So it was like, okay, we're going to keep you because we really believe in you. We've given you this raise and this promotion, and now we're going to give you people to help you keep doing what you're doing. So I feel really blessed that um, all these people have lost their jobs. I have people devastated, 20 years in the business and they're losing their jobs, what are they gonna do? And here I am trying to screw my nine to five, so to speak, trying to get out and have something. And I, I just started realizing that I have this enormous guilt. And that's what I reached out to you for, was this, just this sense of, okay, maybe this is what it is. Who am I to be trying to get out of this when there are people that would kill for half of what I have? There are people that would give anything right now. So I, I even, you know, tried to work on it and was all set, set to go this weekend and found myself stopped again. I mean, to the point where um, I'm sleeping too much. You know what I mean? I'm doing all those um, avoidance <laughs> techniques. My office is a mess, you know. So I need, 
I, I feel like I'm on the precipice of breaking free because I, I started actually trying to plan out my year and what I, and, and the ideas started to flow, but I thought I, something's stopping me and I need a way to peel the onion and get through that. Okay, let's, so let's jump in. There's something that you said right at the beginning of your description that I think is defining the problem for you, Caroline, because you did this side hustle, this side gig, as you called it, in case you got laid off. Yeah. You never were somebody who said, I don't want to work my job anymore. I want a side business. That was never your identity. It was never how you conceptualized the dream. It was your backup plan. Yeah. And as you built your backup plan, you found yourself really excited about it. You found yourself enjoying doing it. And you found that you were naturally good at it. Right? Yeah. <laughs> what, a, what a problem to have, right? It's like you're a happy accident. It's an accidental <laughs> success here, right? So then what the heck happens when you don't get laid off, but instead you get promoted and everything gets put in front of you? It sounds to me like you're freezing because now you're not, now you're not doing this as a backup plan. You're being challenged to make a choice. Yeah. You have to decide, do you want your nine to five anymore? Or do you want to own your business? And because what you're learning is your side hustle, you can't really get that any bigger while you're working your nine to five. Right. So now that you know you're likely not going to get laid off anytime soon, you don't need the side hustle. Do you want your side hustle to be your main gig? Have you consciously decided that for yourself? That's where that imposter syndrome comes in. Um, as soon as I start thinking about, well, gosh, I could, you know, could you, would, what would it be like when, when people talk about what would it be like for your perfect day to wake up and do your perfect day? And I think about that, I freeze again. Like, that's a very conscious freeze because I think, who am I to do that? Um, I, I don't, I'm not a, a certified, I'm not I'm not certified in doing what I want to do, which is help people, uh, slow runners, be slow runners and succeed at possibly running whatever it is, whether it's a 5K or a marathon. Um, I know that when I was out there looking for it, I all I find, found was how to be a fast runner. So I had to figure out for myself how to be a slow runner. And so I really, I, I know that there's a, a opening in the market for it, but I don't have the... <laughs> Okay, but that's not what I asked. What okay. I asked is if I could give you a crystal ball and I could put it right in front of you right now and say, Caroline, you can be the leading expert for slow runners for people over the age of 40 or 50 who want to get into a new physical activity. And yes, you can make money off of this. Do you want that business more than you want the esteem and the, the, the payoff of all that work at your nine to five in, in your corporate position? Do you want to be a business owner more than you want to be a manager in your corporate job? Can I be both? <laughs> okay. You can, you can. Kind of what I'm thinking. I'm like, couldn't I be both? Couldn't I yes. be both and be like, Full time. I, I've joked with my boss. I said, if I ever start making a lot of money on my side gig, I'm going to ask you to work, you know, three twelves or, you know, whatever, so that I could do both. 
Okay. Yes. Yes, you can. You can do both because people own separate businesses. Like people do multiple jobs. They work one job in the morning. They work another job in the afternoon. Um, you get to build a life by design. You get to decide that this is the life you want. And you worked really hard to get this position and have this opportunity. You're not someone who hates her nine to five. You actually like it and are thriving in it. But you've also developed a passion for building a running community. You get to choose both. But but what's happening selfish? is you're not choosing either, really. Because I feel like it's selfish. I really feel like I'm, I'm being, I'm, there are people that don't even have one job and I'm trying to create two. Mm -hmm. Okay. So let's chase the tail. Say, say, I tell you, yeah, I completely agree, Caroline, you're selfish. <laughs> is that a reason not to do it? No, because I can. <laughs> what's, what's wrong with wanting more? I feel like, um. Gosh, you've hit something. Because I feel like, why do I get it all when some people have nothing? Uh-huh. Why do you get it all when some people have nothing? Because Just I take it <laughs> Yes. Because I, because I work for it. Because I, I also feel like if I got it all, I would give a lot of it away. I mean, I wouldn't keep it all. I would want to help and, and give those that, just don't have a way around or how to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And what's so yeah. bad about that? What's so, what's so wrong with that? I don't know. I guess I just feel like it's selfish. Like just be happy with what you have. And so can I turn this in on inside out a little bit yeah. on you? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Take a <laughs> breath, take a breath, catch your breath. It's, it's okay. I got you. I got you. We're good. So here's the thing. So say we decide that this is selfish, that you have this incredible talent in two different areas, in your nine to five and in community developing, and you're choosing both. And say we go and we define that as selfish. Um, I'm not really a big fan of the selfish word because I absolutely think that we get to choose us and we get one life, we get one trip around the sun type of thing, and we get to decide how we're gonna do it. However, if we're going to use that label, let's turn it inside out. And I want to ask you an inside out question. What does it mean to you if I tell you that your potential is capable, that you are somebody who's capable of doing these two things well, that you can flourish in your nine to five, you can lead a team with integrity, you can also develop your passion in developing a running community, but you choose not to live up to that potential that hurts that hurts that makes me feel like um you're given a gift and you don't do it that's even more selfish you know it's yeah it's selfish in a different way because you're not sharing what you're really good at because you have an ability to help people and you have an ability to lead and you're choosing not to because you're scared yeah yeah that does sound because you have physical, visible, measurable proof yes. of what you're capable of.
you know that when you put in the time, when you put in the effort to learn certain things, to gain new skills, to show up for people, that you deliver successful outcomes, that you're efficient and effective at what you do, and that's included in your corporate position. It's also included in your side hustle, and you can benefit from that. When you tell me that other people don't have it so easy, I agree with you. People in Houston right now, and you know, we I know I have an international audience, but here in the States, we had back-to-back -back hurricanes. We have a Houston cleanup that's happening in the States, and then Puerto Rico and Florida and the US Virgin Islands got decimated um, with the Hurricane Maria. So we we've seen both sides. Bad stuff happens to people all the time. I don't think that's a reason not to choose good for us, and it's not a reason to stop. But I only think it works for you, Carolyn, if you start thinking about how you're going to change the story. Because right now, your one foot is on one side and one foot is on the other, and you're not all into either, and right. that's what's making you feel like crap. Okay, that makes perfect sense. Because yeah, I know I'm not all the way into my business, but I know when I'm at my day job, I'm listening to podcasts and I'm trying to absorb um, how to you know, build my business on the side and it gets me jazzed. <laughs> and so, yes, I can definitely see where I'm not present at either. One of my favorite things is, so John Lee Dumas um, used to live in San Diego, and he used to say to people, you know, we, you know when he was saying where he lives, um, people would automatically reply with, oh, must be nice. And he says, everybody has choices. Yeah. And I, I think that when you say bad things happen, you're taking away people's ability to make the choice for themselves. Because if we stick with the JLD example, he moved from San Diego to Puerto Rico. Right. And now he's in the cleanup process. Oh yeah, that's true. So he's seeing both sides. Mm -hmm. He's seeing what happens when you want more and then like an awful thing happens and you, you uproot and you have to rebuild. Does that mean he regrets his time in San Diego? Does it mean he regrets moving to Puerto Rico? We don't know, but it's this idea that simply because people make choices, they get to rebuild their lives and we can't predict what's gonna happen next, but to sit still we're just getting like we're gonna we're getting lost we're not developing as people and we're compromising our ability to help people based on the fact that we're afraid we might hurt other people's feelings yeah yeah so you didn't develop this side hustle to be your main gig and much to your surprise you found yourself liking it now carolyn i've been there before i left a, <laughs> i left a corporate job and it was one of those like doozy jobs, right? Where you're like working 14 hour days and you, you get in the morning and it's seven o'clock in the morning and 11 o'clock, you don't even remember if you've used the bathroom or eaten a meal. And I knew I didn't want that job anymore. And I knew with equal clarity that I was never going to figure out what I wanted instead if I was still there. So I decided to build a private practice. And the plan, Carolyn, was it was going to be part-time. I was going to do it for a couple of months. I was going to do short-term therapy work with people because my background's clinical social work, and I was just going to get catch my breath 
and I was going to figure out what happened next and what I wanted to have happen next and what I wanted to do. I had no idea I was going to love owning my own business as much. I had no idea that that three month little like, you know, quick hit that I picked simply to make some money was going to be a 10 year process that I was going to be involved in it and love it and build it. And then I didn't know I was going to get tired of that too and rebuild again yeah. and move it all online. We all have choices. I think what's really important for you is what do you need? What permission do you need to give yourself here to make a choice to choose both because i think what happens and like you have two sides of this coin you're battling right now the first is that you you benefited your experience your story is you benefited benefited on some level from other people getting laid off yeah so you're living with the survivor's guilt of that yeah and then you're also in the entrepreneurial space and you and I know each other from a coaching group called screw the nine to five. So let's yeah. be transparent about that. <laughs> so we're members of a community where the shared value is screwing the nine to five where <laughs> everyone wants to get out, but you actually don't want to get out because you like your nine to five. So how do you fit in there? When you're an online business owner, entrepreneur, problem solver, who actually also likes her nine to five, it's really hard to feel like you belong anywhere. How does that, how does that fit and sit with you? It was, it was really scary when we met up in person in real life um, that I was really afraid that I wouldn't fit in. And I was very happy that everybody did accept me and accepted it and your story actually resonated with me a lot when you were like i reached the head of my corporate that's where i wanted to go because that's kind of how i feel i feel like this is what i've wanted this is what i've worked you know 20 years towards and i'm finally there how can i say i don't want it and it's not that i don't want it it's just i'm not done with it yet there's yeah. stuff i need to do i know that i'll want to let go of it eventually when i get it to where I want it to, you know, where yes. that's in my mind's eye, I want it to be, then I can, like I said, I could go to part-time or do whatever, pass it off to somebody else, but I'm not there yet. So I feel like if I got. Five and that's a personal choice you're telling me. It's not a sense of obligation of what you owe the company or what the, you no. think the right thing to do is, but you standing in your integrity and your desire and your passion is you want to finish what you've started. Right. And then something you had said to me, and you kind of mentioned it this time, that choices. You had mentioned to me when I first brought this up to you that people have choices. And that is something I've wrestled with a lot, especially in my um, side hustle, because it's an MLM. I would meet people that say they wanted more, that really said all the right things, and they didn't do anything. Mm -hmm. And I, it, made, it makes no sense to me um, when I meet somebody that talks about... I you know, I don't think I could make a side business doing accounting, let's say. And then you say, well, you start asking them questions, right? And you find out, oh my God, you have this wealth of knowledge and all the certifications. You could do so well. And then they don't do it. They, they go off and get a, you know, another certificate in something else and try to get a day job. And I think, oh my God, you're like, again, like you're saying, you're like, you have this wealth of knowledge and this gift and you're, you're working for the man, you yeah. know? And, yeah. and so I, I get that. I, 
I get that they have a choice and I'm choosing to be more, but I guess it's that concept. And, and I always makes me feel better when I feel like, um, when they say that the, that the world and wealth is an ocean and you're just filling up your cup. So there's still an ocean left for everybody else. So when I, when I think about that, I, that calms me, but it's like, I can't hold on to that. I can't hold on to that feeling of it's okay. And I don't know where that comes from. I, I think it's a really convenient way to avoid moving forward. <laughs> okay. Because yeah. here's the thing is if you can convince yourself that it's selfish to want more, then you don't have to have an, a conversation with yourself about why you're not moving forward when you have every ability in front of you to do both that you've been doing both for over a year now, very successfully. So if you can tell yourself that there's something wrong with it, you can stop asking yourself why you haven't moved. Does that? Yeah. Yeah. I just don't know the answer to why I haven't. Moved. Yeah. And I think that the, the main answer we're going to circle around is to what you said a little while ago is that once you get past that imposter syndrome settles in. Yeah. Yeah. And it's safer for you at your nine to five because now you have physical, visible, measurable, observable proof that you are capable in the corporate world, that you are trusted, that you're a leader, that you've already spent all of this time with the no like and trust factor. So people know that they can come to you, they can rely on you, and they can trust that you're going to deliver the goods. Right. That isn't entirely true yet in your online business, in your online community that you're building for yourself. So it's easier to go back to the comfort zone okay. than to remind yourself that you didn't get that no like and trust factor in your corporate job overnight. You earned it with the time you put in and the effort you put in. And you can do that too with your online business, but you're comparing your like first year in your online business with your eighth or 10th year in corporate. And that's where the jitters are coming in. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. I also feel a little bit sometimes like I, I love my MLM and I love the products about it, but there's such a stigma with MLM yeah. that I have a real hard time with that. So so can we jump in? Can you just explain to the audience a little bit what you mean by MLM? Because uh, I, I, I know I'm a little familiar with it, but even I'm a little ignorant to it and people may not know where we're, what we're talking about right now. So it's multi-level marketing. And a lot of people see that as a Ponzi scheme or a pyramid scheme. And it's not. It's truly a sales model. If you think about the fact that I work for a large company that sells products, and in order to sell those products, they have a sales team that goes out and sells it through distributors who sells it to customers. The difference in, in a multi-level marketing is you go directly from the corporation to a distributor who's an independent contractor and they sell. So from a sales model standpoint, the corporation has a hundred people with a thousand dollar quota, right? To make what a million dollars, right? Where the, the MLM side, the multi-level marketing, they can have a million people each making $100 and still make their, but everybody gets a little bit of the mm -hmm. pie. Um, so because there were, have been really bad uh, people out there that have made uh, money by only bringing in other people, it's given the um, real legitimate businesses, the Avons, the Mary Kays, the Amways that have made 
billions of dollars and have given back. The Amway has been around for, I'm not with them, but as an example, they've been around for 60 years and they've given millions of dollars to help people in their area, in the country um, to be better. So, mm -hmm. I mean, them making money is nothing wrong with that. So I, I get the model and I agree with the model. It makes perfect sense to me, but I get tired of dealing with those people that come in and say that want to be entrepreneurs and then say, Oh, it's too hard. So mm -hmm. I'm, I'm very like, oh, I don't want to do the MLM because I have to be, deal with people that don't get it like I do. But then on the flip side, I could do this running community that I just could talk about it for hours. If you just asked me, if you said anything about like running hurts your knees, I could go off on you and give you all the stats and all the books I've read and everything. So that's why people say, no, that's what you should build. That's what you should do. But that's when the imposter syndrome sets in. So what is it that you want? You don't want the MLM anymore that in your dream world, your side business would be developing and raising a coaching community of older runners or would yeah, you? Sort of, it would be to just, um, I, I can really uh, uh, associate with that concept of I want to create things that I don't have to necessarily talk to people or I only have to talk to people in small groups and small uh -huh. quantities. So that was the other thing that, that that community that we're in has given me permission to not need a huge audience, to not need this gargantuan fame, to just have that small group of people that think I'm great. Okay, so so Carolyn, this is what we have to do. We just got you really clear on the process that you want to remain in your corporate job. Yeah. Our, next, our next step and our next challenge in our work together and in this conversation is for you to get really clear. If we ignore imposter syndrome, because you keep saying things and taking them back because you keep telling me <laughs> imposter syndrome shows up, what do you want your online business to look like? Do you want your online business to include the MLM or you like in a dream world, you're done that? I wanted to include it just from a standpoint of a product I recommend, just okay. like any other product. So here's the thing, is that you and I are in similar businesses. You've got MLM that has stigma. I'm in, an on, I'm in online coaching, and that has stigma because there's a low barrier of entry. There's no requirements that anybody make public about it, and there's, it's completely unregulated. So I can decide that because people think I'm a quack, I'm not going to show up. I can decide and choose to remind people that I'm 20 years post-master's degree, that I have an experience working in trauma, that I'm now building my second business. I can choose to defend myself to whatever level I want to. I think you have to get clear on that choice because what's happening is you're imagining conversations that haven't even happened yet. And because you're afraid of having them, you're not moving. Rather than you just said, some people don't buy into MLM, but this is why it's worked for me. You just told the doubters what you want them to think, just like people who are like, you know, like, you know, uh, preaching about paleo diets or the Atkins diet or the intermittent fasting diet. Like we don't all buy into everyone else's approach, but we name the approach that we buy into and we say why we buy into it and we let the consumer decide for themselves. Right. That's what I would encourage you to do. If you're good with the MLM and it's bringing you in money and you stand in integrity with it, that's all you need to worry about. 
because figuring out how you're going to disentangle yourself from the MLM to start the coaching community is another reason why I think you're creating an obstacle to stop. Yeah, I think, I think you're right because I don't, I do love the products and I do use them and I do want to share them, but I'm afraid that people will be like, Oh, she's just trying to sell me those products. And I'm like, no, I, I want to help you in whatever you want. You don't have to use my products. I don't care. Right. You but know, also too. So what? Yeah. You do want to sell them your products and, <laughs> but I mean, if they don't like my products, it's okay. There's other right. products out there. Yes. Yes. Just like if they don't like your running community, it'll break your heart and you'll be super sad, but there's other running communities out there. Right. And our challenge is to find our tribe that's attracted to our vibe. And we don't have to be right for everyone, but I think you're running away from self-acceptance here on all cylinders. You're, you're, struggling with accepting the fact that you are good at your nine to five and that you're doing well and you don't want to let it go yet, not for any other reason than you personally in your core are not done yet. And the MLM, because people have opinions and questions and doubts about that, you're not owning that you really buy into that and you really believe in that unapologetically. And P.S., you're going for a triple score. You want three and you want to develop an online business community of older runners where you can inform them, help them make educated decisions and give them a supportive network. So they're not stuck running around with the millennials of the world. Oh my God. You're like, what is, that's exactly what I want. <laughs> that's crazy. That's like, you're right. My mind. Yes. So, no, that's exactly it. Okay. So this is being recorded as a reminder, <laughs> right? So you'll, you'll get the recording and you'll be able to play this back for yourself as well, because that's what you really want. So how do you work on that self-acceptance? Is it, I mean, is it mantras? Is it just do the it's, work? Is it? I, I, I think self-acceptance comes with acting as if. If okay. I try to get you to believe in yourself sitting here on the call, if I try to just like talk you into self-confidence, you're never going to get it. You have to act as if. It's a little bit of fake it till you make it internally because you already have the physical, visible, measurable proof from your job, from your MLM, and from the people on your Facebook community that people are drawn to you in all three areas of your life. That the only reason why these things haven't expanded to the level that they've expanded is because you have gotten in your own way. Yeah. So you forgive yourself for that and you own that responsibility and own that that's the choice you made. You move on from it by saying, if I were to walk into my truth and move through corporate, own my own business and have this MLM on the side, what would that person do? Because right now you're making the decisions based on fear and based on the decisions a person with imposter syndrome has. But if you were going to make the decision as a business owner, you would probably stop procrastinating. Yeah. You would make sure your desk space and office space is organized. And you would start to make a plan for it. Yeah. You would run this and choose the next steps based on what a business owner would do. Not based on someone who doesn't think she deserves it. Absolutely. Yeah. I would, I would spend my, I wouldn't spend my afternoon sleeping or my 
mornings doing nothing, I would, I would plan out, I've got 30 minutes here. Cause that's what I used to do. I'm like, okay, I've got 30 minutes. What am I going to do in that 30 minutes? I've got an hour before dinner and I tell my husband to go do something while I worked on something. And then Sunday afternoons were my time to work on, you know what I mean? I set aside those times and he knew that was my time. And I, so I have the time. I just, so what did you lose anything or did you have to let go of something when it all worked and you weren't trying? Like, what did you have to let go? Like, what are you, what are you going to have to give up? What's the comfort zone you're going to have to walk away from if you're just really good at all three things? I think in some ways it's that, I'm trying to think of it's that feeling that, uh, that true un, un, judgment acceptance, you know, like when I was really doing everything, um, people were like, Oh, that's so great. But then they didn't call me to do anything anymore because they knew I'd be busy. Um, I didn't see any, I didn't have any friends really. I didn't spend any time with anybody socially because I was always working. Mm -hmm. Um, and so when I started pulling back from that and just doing my day job, I've got rekindled a lot of those friendships, um, that I was losing. And so I've, and, but it's not that those friends wouldn't be there for me. You know what I mean? It's not that they don't care about me and don't support me. They totally supported me and were like jazzed for me. You're doing so great. You're so great. And in a lot of ways, I felt like, am I doing really that great? It looks like I'm doing really that great, but I'm not doing well enough to leave my day job. So is it really that great? Well, you so, already, you already identified that yeah. you don't want to leave your day job, which is why you kept your business small so that you never had to choose. And I think that, I felt like um, people, well, I feel like people felt like, well, you were doing the second job so you could leave your day job. And, and then I didn't leave my day job. So am I, was I a fraud because I didn't leave my day job and I'm just working the second job because I want the, because I'm good at it. Cause I enjoy it. Cause working hard doesn't bother me. You know, <laughs> why does that make you a fraud, Carolyn? Well, because I think they would be like, well, gosh, if I was making that much money on the side, I'd totally quit my day job. And Everybody has choices. Yeah. Everybody gets to choose and they can choose to do that. They can choose to stop when their side hustle makes enough to make a full-time income. And you get to choose not to because you're still really passionate about what you do in your nine to five. I guess, I guess there's not a lot of people I know that are really passionate about their nine to five. Okay. So you're lucky. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. You found, you found the right people in the right job doing the right thing at the right time. You were the perfect person and you get to be lucky. So long as you include in that, that didn't happen by accident. That a lot of people, when they think they're about to get laid off, start phoning it in. They write the story for themselves that they're going to get laid off, that their hard work isn't going to matter, so they stop working so hard. You used it as a challenge, and you found your perseverance in that challenge. You not only built a side business that was successful, you also built a reputation and a leadership identity in your current company. You made choices, and they made you happy. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess that's there's some more guilt there is that I'm happy because I love my job. I love my second job. I, 
you know, have a great marriage, but you know, all those things that so many people don't have. And it's like, it wasn't, but, but Carolyn, it wasn't just handed to you. I mean, I, I hate this like kumbaya, like, you know, like let's give it out to the universe and hope for the best. What I like to do is get people to see the specific measurable, observable things that have built the lives that they love. This right. didn't just get handed to you. You did this. So what you've learned from this and your takeaway is, is when I do my best, when I over deliver, life over delivers back. Right. Yeah. And that yeah. isn't true for everyone. There are other hardworking people who have worked just as hard as you, who have put in just as much time and they still got sacked at the end of the day. They still got the nine to five. They still got the pink slip. Mm -hmm. So it's true. But that fact that life is sometimes unfair isn't a reason to not want more, to keep going after it. But now that you've done both, now that you've successfully built your side business, now that you've successfully built your nine to five, and you're choosing actively on this call and in this conversation that you want more, mm -hmm. you get to decide how that happens. If you were enjoying time with your friends, then perhaps what you're going to do is make sure that one day a week you are not doing work for either job. And that's time for your life. And, and if you're working two jobs, I recommend that to everybody whenever possible. <laughs> Unless you have to, you know, I, I recognize some people can't choose that, that. They have to get the job and the money where they can. But if you're fortunate enough to be able to choose that, you're going to choose your schedule based on your ideal life. And you're going to recognize that sometimes in order to grow and in order to build the business, you're going to have to give up some of your private time, some of your friend time, some of your marriage time, but you don't have to give up all of it. Right. And you get to decide how it fits on your terms. And of course it doesn't sound like it's, I get where you're hearing it sounds selfish. It feels bad, but this is the type of choice that everybody gets. And some people don't make it because it's really scary. As soon as I tell you to go schedule that thing in, to start working for your second business, to start building that running community, vulnerability sits in your life and it takes a front row seat and it catches your breath a little bit yeah. because you're in your behavior saying, I want this. I'm going after it. This thing is no longer my backup plan. It's a dream of mine. And as soon as you own that and plant yourself unapologetically there, you have to sit with the vulnerability that comes with, well, what if I don't get it? What if I, I can't actually build a full-time job out of it? What if I decide I want it so much that I'm willing to let go of my nine to five, but I, I give it my all and my all isn't good enough? It's easier to stay on either side. It's easier to blame imposter syndrome because what you do with that is you put vulnerability at bay. Rather than saying, you know this, like you know it's true that some people do their best and their best doesn't work, but that isn't a reason not to try. That isn't a reason not to show up. Because what you're capable of is when it doesn't work out, you're capable of plan B. Mm -hmm. You're capable of the backup plan. You're capable of finding a new passion. You already said it. You're now on your third passion. You felt passion for the corporate. 
you felt passion for the MLM, and now you're developing a third passion for this running community. So your passion knows no limits other than your own sensor. And you get to decide when you're done. And you get to decide what it looks like. But what happens when you don't choose you and you don't take action is you've gone out of the car and you're no longer in the driver's seat of your own life. All of those other less fortunate people are driving your car right now. They're saying, well, I, I got laid off, so I'm off to welfare. I, I think I'm going to stop here. And your life is losing its sense of direction. Yeah. Rather than, you know what, it's true. It doesn't work out for everyone, but it's working out for me. And I owe it to the people who it doesn't work out for to show up, to take advantage of my life and the opportunities that A, I've earned, B, that I've just gotten lucky and have been handed, and make the most of it. Because by not doing that, I'm in that less than position. But Carolyn, it starts with a choice. Yeah. The reason why this hasn't happened is because you've been hiding from yourself. You've been letting imposter syndrome take over. You've been letting the guilt and the survivor's guilt of having not gotten laid off sort of take root. So you need to recognize that you survived. Your house didn't get hit by the hurricane. The, you know, the awful thing didn't happen to you. It happened to someone else. And to hold both to recognize that there's sadness when it happens to other people, but there's also opportunity when it doesn't happen to you and you're gonna choose to take advantage of it and use your talents and skills with gratitude that if you are financially successful in this venture, you're absolutely giving back to the community. You've already predetermined that, mm -hmm. but you're cutting yourself off the past with the self-sabotaging behaviors. I get it, yeah. I see it. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And it's, it's funny as you're talking, I'm imagining what I would say to a friend that said the same things to me that I'm saying to me, I'd be like going, that's nuts, you know? So a lot of times when somebody else tells you what you just said, you're like, that's crazy. You know, how could you say that about yourself? Or why would you not go for what you want? The other thing too, that I feel like you're kind of saying, but it was really made clear to me um, the weekend we spent together was, like you said, build it how I want. And that doesn't have to be, you know, 18,000 people, right? That doesn't have to be a huge page. That could be a community of 150 and it can say, sorry, that's all I can take. Or, you know, coaching clients of 10, because that's all I can tolerate is 10 hours of, of dealing with people or whatever I want to do, or I want them to be someplace that I can see them face to face. And so I'm sorry, I'm not going to be totally online because I can't help you that way. Um, and maybe that will change. And I guess I got to say that's okay too. It's okay to want small right now. And then as I grow, as I get more confident to go bigger, if I choose or not. Yes, yes. You know. And it's, I think it comes down to owning your choices. Yeah. But what, when you're hiding, you're not choosing. And when you're not choosing, you're avoiding. And then when you're avoiding, you start to feel small and you start to feel bad. So that the action steps are to live as if. To say, I have decided that I'm not done at my nine to five, but that my interest in MLM and my passion for building a running community are just getting started. Mm -hmm. So when am I going to do what? 
and how am I going to use the benefits of the added income from my MLM and from my corporate job to invest in my business? To invest in my business, what do what needs to be done by me? What could I hire out to have somebody do? What do I need to spend money on to be more efficient? What do I need to save? And start having those conversations, the business owner conversations. Because yeah. once, Carolyn, you have the business owner conversations and you're acting as if you become the business owner, and then when that voice says, who are you to do that? Well, you're the boss. You're doing it. <laughs> yeah. That's who you are. You're the boss and you're yeah. making the boss decisions. You're making the business owner decisions. You're taking advantage of the opportunities and we don't get to decide how other people live their lives. There's so many people, Carolyn, that like when I had my brick and mortar private therapy practice and it was on a wait list and people were coming in as if they were on a treadmill, people told me I was nuts to be walking away from guaranteed income. And when I said, but nobody's listening to me, right. nobody like I'm sitting there week after week and nobody is paying attention. The response was, who cares? You're still getting paid. <laughs> like I cared, right? Like, like getting paid wasn't enough. So it's okay that getting paid is value enough for some people and it's equally okay that it's valuable enough for me. And it's also too, that I couldn't have done this without my husband having my back and saying like, go ahead, close the business, start something new, I've got you. And I know Carolyn that not everyone's that lucky, that I've been fortunate. So I'm doing my best to move into my truth, to move into my potential, to help as many people as possible, but I'm also not gonna apologize for it. Right, because when you say that, I think, no, of course not. You shouldn't. <laughs> I'm really good at helping others. <laughs> yes, yes, which is why when there's a 45-year-old woman saying, I've never exercised a day in my life, but I see what you're doing, and I would like to try, could you help me? Yeah. She needs well, you to show up. Yeah, you mentioned on another call with within the screw that you were starting the couch to 5k and I was like oh I could so help you because that's so ambiguous I love that the program but there were so many things about it that I was like well what about this and what about this and what about this and so that's the kind of thing that I that I started writing before I got on this call I started writing what what would I want to teach people if I had all the time in the world and how would I teach them and what would I want to do and I think that's what I'm that's where I'm starting as I'm going to plan out. And at first I was, I was all set to start in January. Yeah. <laughs> like I'll start it in January. I'll plan out for January. And then I sat down and I went, it's October 2nd. Start it today. You're going to start in October. So I'm going to start it. Actually, I'm going to start it uh, reblogging again on October 9th. Cause that's my 51st birthday. And I'm going to do it from October to October. So that's what I'm planning out. And I'm going to, I have a call with a web designer today to help me plan it. Um, I don't know if I can afford all that she does, but I'm going to work with her on it. But I started thinking that like, okay, and, and I'm not going to look for money. You know, right now I'm just not going to look for money. I'm going to just share. I'm going to share the things about the MLM that I love. I'm going to share the things about running that I love. And I'm going to try to build a community of like-minded people and just create that, that that's yes. my goal. And so if I see somebody six months from now or eight months from now in Vancouver, I can say, I created this 
and and I'm happy and they're happy and we're and we're engaging and we're enjoying each other and I'm just giving and feeling great about giving. Yes. So Carolyn, I'm going to add something to that and this is the mindset challenge. Okay. Okay, so take a deep breath. Are you ready? When the opportunity to make money comes your way, you're going to say yes. Because right now you just closed the door to money making. You just said, I'm just going to give, I'm going to give, I'm going to give, I'm going to give. And the reality is, is that you are going to have people who say, will you work with me? Could you help me? And you're not going to do it for free. Then I'll have to come back to you and say, okay, how much do I charge? Yes. <laughs> and you and I will have that conversation. Because I, I will know gladly get that conversation. <laughs> but doing it for free, simply to avoid the how much do you charge question, is setting you up for failure. That too many people say, oh, I'm just going to give value. I'm just going to give value. No, 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 no. You want to build a paid membership community. It is yes. starting with free content free no like and trust because that's where it goes that is not where you're going to end that is not the end goal you are not just some kumbaya person who's going to show up for all the older runners and give willingly out of your free heart this is not a hobby it's a business and you own that i already asked you that 40 minutes yep. ago do you want to own a business and you said yes business yes. owners do not work for free yeah. They don't sell their first 10 pocketbooks just to see if people like them before they charge for the 11th. They charge for the first one. That's a good analogy. God, I'm got, just so you know, you're going to see a lot of, uh, you know, Heather Gray's coming up here. I'm like, God, that's another one. Good, good. I like it. I, I was mean twice last week. So now oh, I've already heard three. three, just so you know. <laughs> but it's that idea that you are going to make decisions as a business owner. As a business owner, you know, you have to build the know, like, and trust factor. You're going to focus on that first. And then you're going to be focusing on your first paid offering and you're waiting for your audience to tell you what they need for that. Yeah. That's the decision. Yes. That is that, the decision. That's the boss decision. That's the mofo boss decision. Yeah. <laughs> yes, definitely. Right. That's exactly what I want to do. That's and you're going to run your MLM. Yes. Because that's good money. Mm -hmm. That you are operating from with integrity that feels good as a seller and feels good as a buyer. If it doesn't feel good for other people who want to sell or other people who want to buy, it doesn't have to. You're right. good with it. You know there's MLMs that are not so good, but you know the one that you're aligned with feels good. And you're going to continue that. And then you're going to go into your nine to five and you're going to lead. And you're going to see that through. And each decision in each of the three sort of, you know, um, columns we've made for yourself, the, the thirds of your life, um, of this part of your life, because then we have the last quadrant is your personal life. But you are going to make decisions as the boss of these, as the leader. What would the boss do? What would the leader do? And you're going to choose accordingly. It is in those choices, Carolyn, that you are going to erase imposter syndrome. It will always come and nip you at your toes, bite you on your butt, and do its best to bring you down. But the best defense against it is action. 
And when you move like a boss and think like a boss consistently, you're not opening the door to imposter syndrome. When you stay in bed, when you keep your desk a mess, when you contribute to the self-sabotaging behaviors, that's when you're saying, hey, imposter syndrome, come on in, lie down, take a seat, here's a lemonade, stay a while. <laughs> and you're giving it room to breathe. It's not welcome here because you don't have any physical, measurable, observable proof that you are incapable of what it is you want. It may not work, it may not be a smooth ride, but what you've demonstrated is when your back is against the wall and you think it's not gonna work out, you deliver with a plan B. That is what you learned in corporate. That when someone says you may lose it all, you say, ah, not so fast, I'm gonna rebuild. <laughs> Yeah. that's what your experience is telling you that's who you are because that's what you've done and that's what you've chosen all I've done here is taken the mirror that I'm seeing and reflecting it back for you so you can see it yourself mm -hmm. these are tears of joy by the way I'm not I'm like going this feels right this feels good that you're right. You're absolutely, you know, I'm seeing the three quadrants. I'm seeing what it is and I'm seeing what I did, which was let imposter syndrome come in and totally sit with me. And I know better than that. Like you said, you just put it, then just said it perfectly. I have had crap happen to me. I have had business. I, you know, I had my own business fail before I even went into the corporate world and I made it out and that's what this is showing. And yes, when people got laid off, I made the best of it. So, so you're building your third business. Yeah. Well, how about that? And why, why not? Because why I not? Can. Yes. Because you I can. am people and I can do it. And you're absolutely right. There's no shame in that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And own the pride. Yeah. Because here's the thing is that like, and you've heard me say this before and people on the show have heard me say it, that the challenge is always to hold both to hold the good with the bad. Mm -hmm. And when we get feedback that takes us for a loop, knocks us down, does something, sets us back a little, we have no problem owning that and we automatically believe it. But as soon as we get praise, as soon as we get a compliment, suddenly that's the thing that isn't true. That's the thing that somebody might not really know the whole story and you have to give all the details with. <clears throat> Rather than like holding both for yourself. Right and giving yourself permission to be really good at this and capable. Yes. All right. Oh my God, we're perfect timing too. <laughs> I know, how about that? Mindset Ninja. Yes. Oh my God, I can't thank you enough because seriously, I've been feeling, and I'm gonna probably go cry uh, tears of joy and go clean my office because I've been trying to figure that, those words out and I've talked to other, I'm not going to say other coaches, but I've talked to other people that have tried and given me, you know, five minutes here, 10 minutes there. And I've read probably every book there is right now and they all speak to me, but they didn't speak to me, you know, yeah. book to me. And it was really easy for me to go, well, that's not me. That's not me. That's them. That's not me. But what you just said really resonated with me of who I am. And, and I'm going, yeah, she's right. She's absolutely right. Right. I am. That's not that person. You're not just somebody listening. I'm hearing in my ear. 
on Audible. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And like, I want you to pay attention and make sure you're listening to yourself too, because you just said it. I decided before the call that I was going to start this October 2nd, that I was going to blog out my content. I wasn't going to wait till January. You just needed permission to be you. I'm giving you permission to be you. I'm encouraging you to choose you consistently to get in the car of your driver's seat and drive the thing to trust that if you get off at the wrong exit, if you take on too much cargo, you can always unload. But when you don't get in the driver's seat, you lose total control over the destination. And I totally think, Carolyn, you've got this. And you're going to come back on the show and we're going to do this again. And you're going to like update us on how you are. And we're going to follow this in real time. I, I think that that would be really cool if you'd want to do like that again. Because like I said, I can see my, I can already see my next step is how much do I charge. But yes. one thing at a time. All right. All right. So we'll do that next month. How's that sound? Next month. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's where you're at. You're building. You're building the foundation. Um, it was so good uh, talking to you. I definitely want you to stay on the line so you and I can wrap up privately. But for now, I'm just going to say goodbye to all the listeners who are checking out this episode. And if you want my two cents on your problem, find me over at Heather at ChooseToHaveItAll.com, and we'll get started. Thanks so much, Carolyn. Thanks. Bye.